Okay, everybody, Woo! we are live. Yay! Hashem. Yes, yes. Um, so I have my very good buddy, um, and he is an awesome artist and beard company, Alaf Mail. Um, Alif, Alif. Alaf, Alif. No, I knew like I was saying it wrong. Ah, yes. Like, ah. <laughs> okay, great. So, and he is coming out of Israel today. Now, what city out of Israel are you coming? Um, I'm in Pardes Chana. I'm in Pardes Chana, which is in northern Israel. Um, it is about an hour and a half north of Jerusalem. Oh, that's awesome. And you know what? We Most of the time we think of Tel Aviv and Jerusalem as being like anything in Israel when I'm thinking of it. But it's a, it's a fairly big um country itself that's not just mm. jerusalem <laughs> it's big in the sense that there's a lot more towns than tel aviv and jerusalem there's a lot more than that but at the same time it's actually smaller than the state of new jersey oh goodness that's awesome yeah mr timothy strickland is on very awesome and we have faithfully bearded on so tyson Sounds... what's up tyson yeah tyson's awesome people um yeah yeah so we have, I have tried, I tried your products um, over about a week and a half, two weeks around that time frame. I absolutely love every bit of it. Um, and I, I really connected with it. We, we've been, you've shared a lot of um, really cool videos as well that kind of went into your spirituality, which you know that that's what I'm all about as well. Um, first question that I have for you is, you are in Israel, but you're originally from the States. How did that happen? How did you end up in Israel? Um, so really, my mom is Israeli. And uh, just so you know, Aleph Mail is handmade here by me in Israel. And uh, I never in my life thought I would start a beard care company. Um, but it is all one long journey. And basically, in between my sophomore and junior year of college, when I was 20 years old, I came to Israel, and um, if you asked me at that time if I was Jewish, I would have said, well, I'm culturally Jewish, but I'm not really Jewish, um, because I didn't actually know what being Jewish meant. Like, my mom is Jewish, my dad is Jewish, but, like, you know, I grew up in a very secular context in which I was eating, like, bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel, and um, if you know about Judaism, bacon's not kosher, you know, there's dietary laws that we follow, Um and when I came to Israel, a, I discovered Judaism as a spiritual path um, in which a person lived a life of intention um, with a goal of having one pointed consciousness on the divine, one pointed consciousness on God. Um, and I had already at that point learned that like my happiness wasn't going to come through buying stuff. My happiness wasn't going to come through acquiring more things. I actually, at that point in my life was actually deeply into Buddhism and I'm still influenced by Buddhism. Um, but at the same time, my path is Judaism, but that doesn't mean I can't appreciate wisdom from other traditions. And, uh, and basically discovered that my own lineage, you know, it's like, it's like just somebody uh, suddenly discovering that they're like a lineage holder in the Mahayana tradition of Buddhism. They're like, what? I, I didn't know that. I didn't know I had a spiritual lineage. 
And so I didn't know that I had a spiritual lineage going back to Abraham, you know, who left the house of his fathers and wandered into the desert to the land that God was going to show him and went on a whole spiritual journey and a whole prophetic journey, um, which is still continuing through the Jewish people to today. And and my own personal journey um, is part of that process, you know, which is also part of the world's journey, because we are all on the path from darkness to light. We are all on the path of awakening, of, you know, learning how to alleviate suffering for ourselves and others. That is an amazing statement. And you know, as well, I I am Buddhist, so I follow that path. Um, My tradition is Mahayana, which is the, and it's actually Tibetan. So it definitely follows right in suit with exactly what you just said. And it's amazing to me that that is that stream of wisdom. It's ancient wisdom that is followed by many other traditions as well as, you know, Buddhism, you talk Hinduism, uh, Judaism, I think even Christianity. You know, know, ultimately, by the way, listen, for anybody who's watching this, I want you to understand we're going to talk about Aleph male. We're going to talk about products. We're going to talk about beards. But Andy and I are on the spiritual path and the beard and our whole life is connected to that. And so right now we're just going to go deep into spirituality. And I promise you, it's going to be an amazing conversation. So you should stay with us. Absolutely. Um, but so, so, so yes. So what I would say is oneness, right? Like in, in Judaism, we say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one, right? But it doesn't mean one God in the sense of like, well, if like there's a whole like polytheism is there's a whole bunch of gods sitting on flying carpets and monotheism is, well, there's one God sitting on a flying carpet. It's like whatever it is that I'm talking about when I say God is beyond any concept, right? It's beyond the intellect. So therefore, whatever it is that the intellect can apprehend, whatever concept that the intellect can create, that God concept is not real. That's not the divine, you know, in the same way. You know, like, uh, you know, there's the Zen koans, like, you know, what is the sound of one hand clapping or can a dog achieve Buddha nature? Right. These are all questions that don't have a rational answer. Very you know, true. And, and part part of the idea or if a tree falls in the forest, you know, and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? The, the whole point of all these questions is to get to the point of understanding that actually our mind has limits. Very true. That's, and I think that when you talk about the mind, um, what is the mind? And I think different religions perceive it in different ways. But I know that from our tradition, we talk about the fact that mind is a perceiver of objects. It is a mental continuum that goes from moment to moment. And is, you know, what you put in your mind is what you achieve in your life and how you perceive things. So if you put virtuous objects in, and you want to put that in there, then you have a more virtuous mind and you're sowing seeds of virtuosity so that it can ripen in a later time. But I think you're absolutely right when we're talking about the oneness that we're all connected to. um, That is an extreme understanding. That's wisdom. Understanding that we we are all one, that we're not separate from each other. We're not separate from other beings. 
And that is extremely important to understand, especially when you're talking about when I take a look at the current state of uh, a lot of individuals think that they are separate and that they're, I mean, there's this concept of snowflake, right? Mm-hmm. And that is one of those pieces where, you know, when you realize that the oneness is all of us, we're all included in the one, you know, mm-hmm. it's not my mountain. It's, you know, it's just perception. It mm-hmm. really is. And that's and interesting. At, and, at the, and at the same time, there's also the many, there's the unity and there's the multiplicity, right. you know, and, and it's the paradox of on the one hand, acknowledging that we're all one. And all there is, is God. All there is, is oneness. And then at the same time, there's cats and dogs and trees and giraffes and the sun and the moon, you know, and, and it's within multiplicity that we practice compassion. Very true. Right. Without without multiplicity, you cannot practice compassion. And that's a truth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that actually for me is, is, part of what I'm trying to do with Aleph Male um, in terms of, you know, Jewish sacred masculinity and, and the narrative that um, the narrative surrounding the beard, the narrative surrounding content around the beard that we see on Instagram and the narrative surrounding what it means to be a man. Um, that was a question I was asking myself since I was a little kid. I, Andy, I tell you, I don't know why, but I remember when I was like 12 years old boy, just asking myself, like, what does it mean to be a man? You know, and I, I don't know why I was asking myself that question, but it was in my head and it took me on a journey into masculinity and into discovering men's circles and inner work, you know, and the idea of men's work and, you know, within that, um, you know, this concept that most men are unfortunately trained to be a success object, that in the same way that women are objectified into sex objects, men are objectified into success objects, and they have to know and be in control at all times and be strong at all times and be on a constant upward trajectory at all times. And it's like, well, what about being weak? Right. What about not knowing? What about figuring things out? What about falling and getting up? What about sadness? What about anger? What about joy? You know, what about the whole gambit of feelings? Right. It's like men are feeling beings. And so part of what I'm trying to do with the Aleph male content is propose an alternative to the archetype of the alpha male because generally the alpha male is on top and everybody's below him and he's large and in charge and all these things and so part of what i want to do in talking about the aleph male and the aleph is the first letter of the hebrew alphabet it represents one it also represents infinity it also represents the divine and it also represents creative energy um is the idea that actually human beings are made in the image of God, all human beings, men, women, we're all made in the image of the divine. We all have a spark of the infinite inside of us. And that the best we can be is not on top of everyone else. The best we can be is lifting everybody up. The best we can be is a channel for, for divine light in the world. 
Right. And that's exactly what I think. From, and that's the one thing that I've done so much study on in the last few years, because that to your point of what is masculinity, um, there is a couple, uh, even Netflix has a couple programs on the fact that we as males, especially in the American culture, and I know this is kind of, it, it kind of infiltrates into, we are supposed to be strong alphas that know how to fix things, how to do things. And, you know, I, I know that we have, but we are emotional creatures. We are social creatures. And in that same place, being able to understand our humanity and our emotional needs and finding ways to meet them in positive ways. And I, I spend a lot of time as a dad uh, teaching my son how to deal with his emotions correctly, how to, you know, you can be a male that has emotional reactions and can communicate that, but you do it, finding ways to effectively do that, which is exactly what you're talking about. Um, I, I, I believe that you just have to be able to connect with those places and it becomes something that we, as males are able to put into something called the emotional IQ. How emotionally IQ, how much emotional IQ do you have? And I think that as males raised the way that I was, um, and I can speak for my parent, my dad, who's a great man, you know, and, and, and but he sometimes had hard times being able to demonstrate his emotions effectively and being able to communicate them. And I think that's kind of something that we as um, males can say that we can be soft. You can be soft. You don't have to always have all the answers. Sometimes, and this is something that if you talk to women, they will say, I just wish somebody would listen to me and not have to write answers all the time. They don't have to have the right answers. They can just be able to... Uh, respond in a understanding way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, th and I think that's very important. And that's what I really, as a male with, you know, this, just because I own a beard, you know, and it's, it goes in and out. My wife likes to uh, make sure that I look groomed. I'm, I'm on more of the uh, non-groom side right now. It's Movember still, mm. but uh, I think I it looks great. Yes, you know, it's coming in. And, you know, and my wife was like, I don't understand it. And she doesn't understand the bearded community and why I felt this need to be able to be part of it. Um, male camaraderie is so important to us as males. Being able to be part of a group, I think that's the reason why if you talk about when I go to work, I talk about sports. It's man stuff, right? We, and it's, but it's something that we as a collective are able to celebrate this man, this masculinity that we have. And I think that you can go into depths of spirituality into the masculinity segment of it. And in every religion, there is a masculine and even a feminine part of, you know, a yin and a yang type of piece that is connected. But there's definitely a masculine segment. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is very important, very important to recognize and to celebrate it at the same time as we celebrate the the femininity. Cor yeah, correct. I um, 
You know, there's a concept in Judaism that the Shekhinah is in exile. And what that means is that the divine feminine is in exile. Um, and there's a prophetic tradition that teaches that um, there's going to come a time where the moon and the sun will be the same size. Um, and the moon is the queen and the sun is the king. And what that means is that the masculine and feminine will be balanced in the world. That the moon, which waxes and wanes, you know, which the which females, you know, their menstrual cycle goes according to the moon. The moon is associated with the feminine and the masculine is associated with the sun. Right. But right now there's an idea that basically the sun kind of rules and dominates. And then the, when the sun is done, then the moon comes out. Right. But there's going to come a time where actually they will both be the same size. And that once upon a time in the past, the moon and the sun were the same size. So this is a midrash. This is a story. This is a story thousands of years old from the from the Jewish tradition. But what many, many Jewish um, wisdom teachers learn out from the story is the idea that that, that we're in a process, um, especially now in the times that we're living in of learning how to balance the masculine and feminine. And I think that one of the things that's happening, you know, and actually the first principle of the Aleph male is that the Aleph male respects and honors the feminine. That's actually the first principle of what it means to be an Aleph male, because so many men are taught that the way they um, are strong in their masculinity is by putting women in their place or by putting women down or by conquering women, et cetera, et cetera. And so, that it's that attitude that's actually keeping the Shekhinah in exile because ultimately to use Buddhist terms, that is an attitude of grasping, you know, that's an attitude of ego grasping mm -hmm. of the ego trying to, in some way, shape or form, shore itself up by making somebody less than, you know, and making themselves more than. You know, and we as human beings can do that in a thousand one ways. And women have egos, too. And women also, you know, have their own ways, you know, as all human beings do of trying to bolster the ego. But ultimately, you know, the spiritual path is about transcending the ego. It's about getting to that higher self, getting to that place of loving kindness where we don't feel as if we have to defend ourselves in that way. But so part of what it means to be an Aleph male is on the one hand to celebrate the fact that we're men, to celebrate our masculinity, um, but at the same time to acknowledge that the feminine also, you know, is here to be celebrated and not to be dominated. I completely agree with you. And that's the interesting thing is that when I take a look at you know, in especially in my tradition, there is uh, definitively always a feminine Tara, um, and there is always a masculine. The uh, you know, there's different different male Buddhas, mm -hmm. but um, they all represent a aspect of your mind. Honestly, so to understand your mind, you have to understand that there is still a female piece that is wanting to be nurtured, that wants to nurture. And then there's also that male, that male aspect that is uh, wanting wisdom, wanting to expand wisdom, to be able to understand the nature of reality, but also within the confines of what um, 
the female also is offering, which is that nurturing, loving kindness, uh, very important. And there's always a, a balance, extreme mm-hmm. balance. And I think that our jobs as males, I think it's honestly, in my opinion, it's for us to understand femininity and to respect it and to celebrate it. But to be masculine, you have to be able to really understand that level of respect. respect and at the same and, time, sorry, and at the same time to fully embody masculine energy. Like mm-hmm. One of the things that I've been thinking about is like, generally speaking, boys like to pick up sticks and whack things more than girls, right? It's <laughs> yes. like, we have testosterone, we have warrior energy inside of us, like we just want to break stuff, right? And the reason we want to break stuff isn't because we're bad, it's not because we're evil, it's not because there's something wrong with us, it's biologically hardwired into us, and it's incredibly useful. It's what allows us to like deconstruct a scenario and build a house. It's it's that same energy that allows us to see a field and see a house and see a barn and say, I'm going to build this. I'm going to take what's here and change it and reform it into something new. You know, that energy of, of like creation includes within it destruction, you know? And, and so it's like, we need to celebrate the warrior energy, but at the same time we need to channel it and we need to like, polish it and and make it explicit you know like there there's a difference between you could say a warrior who knows how to set boundaries and knows how to defend boundaries for the sake of life and knows how to even wield the energy of destruction for the sake of life versus a barbarian right Right. who again it's just sort of it's wielding the energy of destruction for the sake of ego Wielding that it's it's that same warrior energy, but in the service of selfishness, right? Which is huge because in it, in, in you know, Stanley says it in Spider Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, um, very important to always remember that that and, and to celebrate our own. I mean, there is some distinctly masculine pieces that make us wonderful and to celebrate that space which is why we join organizations like the bearded community that's why we make beard products mm-hmm. you know we're we're creating these too and in, in your case i th- they represent masculinity but they also have that spiritual path and each one of these has a story behind them which is a part of the spiritual path. Um, I think that you have, and I love that about your products. Um, to me, I, there are several companies out there that do very that do similar things where they're trying to tell a story. Some of it's you know not some of it's a spiritual story, but yours distinctly. When you use your products, you can feel it. You're using that sacred olive oil as your base just to make sure that you are always on that focus that and that's the one thing about our lives and this is what's interesting is i was talking to somebody that once you join this get on the spiritual path everything you start to do because you're so familiar with it becomes that part becomes part of your path right it becomes everything and that's the one thing that being part of these paths that is so amazingly profound is that you can find sacred in everything. 
Yeah, well, there's the, there's that saying from Zen, you know, before Zen, chop wood, carry water. After Zen, chop wood, carry water. Yeah. Meaning that, like, it's our day-to-day practice. How am I waking up in the morning? How am I talking to my children? How am I working? You know, it's not what you're doing. It's how you're doing it. Are you doing it with consciousness? Um, in Torah, the way we say it is, Shaviti Hashem Negdi Tamid. I will keep God in front of me at all times. Meaning at all times... I'm behaving and acting as if I'm in front of the king of kings, you know, and how am I going to behave, you know, if I know that I'm standing before royalty, that I'm standing before, you know, the the source of life and death and blessing and curses, how am I going to act? You know, I'm going to be much more conscious than if I think I'm invisible. Absolutely. But, but but speaking of stories, listen, I, I think maybe we should transition to 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 your story of Aleph Mail, because I'm really curious to hear about your impression of the different products and your experience, because you've been working hard. So, yeah, you know, and and and, you know, part of my experience with yours is exactly the spirituality that went behind it. I saw that you were blessed in some of your videos, you have you blessing the oils themselves because of the sacredness that is involved in it. And that was what, so I take great respect with all companies. Um, but I really was looking forward to yours because of what it stood for. Um, I was raised Christian as we've talked. Um, and so I, I was, you know, in the Christianity, the older Testament is the story of Abraham, Noah, the creation um, and then all of the story of God's people as they went through, you know, you go through to Moses, you go, you have all these stories that are amazing. And so when I started looking at even, you know, even your products, each one has a story behind it of the path. And this is what's so cool. And which is what I really liked when we started talking was that I, it, it was profound actually, because I have grown up with these stories all of my life, you know, the Old Testament stories um, in the Christian Bible. I grew up with these stories, Daniel and the lions, Moses, Noah, you know, when we started talking about the divine in the way that you were talking about them, this morning's uh, video was talking about creation, but it was talking about utilizing our creative nature and connecting with our creative nature which is taking that next step. So that's when spirituality takes it into your life and puts it. I, I, I tell people all the time that I have a lot of friends that understand knowledge and then there and knowing things. And then there is actually taking it into your heart and being able to connect with it that way. And that's the kind of like respect and things that I had for these, because I knew all the stories and I had actually gone back over the stories that, um, that you had labeled on some of these that I, Oh, I know that story. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I was going back over it and then, but I was looking at it from a different level of connection that I could get that this was a new, some of these are, some of the stories are struggles. Some of them are like, cause we're talking the one that I had, which was the one that I tried with the sage, which is blessing King's blessing. So we're talking about sage and Jasmine being in the wilderness and I kept thinking, you know, I live in the desert, so it's not too hard to put an understanding of being in the desert here. But um, how completely scared 
it can be, how, you know, leading people, and I think about Moses, I think about Abraham, but I think about Moses's journey in taking his people into the desert after Egypt, after exile. And I think about how scary it must have been for all of those people, but they were following the path. They knew that they were going to be protected. And those kind of stories are something that you connect with when you try, and that's what why I get into beard oils and why I get into scents is because they spark a memory and understanding and yours takes you to that spiritual space of my childhood of reading these stories. And then as an adult, understanding them in a spiritual pathway where you connect with it in a different, more profound way than you did prior, because now it's has real meaning. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because, you know, I, I, I don't know. I took my 40s, right? And then hit my 40s and said, this isn't what I'm happy with. I want to be on more of a path that helps other people, that wants to connect spiritually. So I find that these are really extremely mm. helpful in that. How are, you know, how are they in your beard? How, that's what how I was going to tell you. So olive oil, I was not expecting it to be as... Just so the base isn't olive oil. It's, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a strong ingredient in, in the beard oil after okay. almond oil. It's, mm-hmm. it's um, probably around like 60% almond oil, 40% olive oil. Okay. Um, and in the beard balm, it's, it's, um, it's like, I don't know about percentages exactly, but it's, it's, it's a lesser ingredient after the shea butter and the coconut oil and the beeswax. Um, but it's but I really connected with that. I really connected yeah. with it. And so the thing about feeling beard, and that's the one thing that I will say. So why do we buy beard products? Because we want the first thing, the first thing that you think about is, uh, is it going to help my beard? Because when I started growing a beard, I didn't realize that there were products that did this. Um, I, I periodically would grow it out and then get such bad beard itch, I would shave it off again. Or not, mm-hmm. or really shave it down to where it was like just stubble. And my wife would go, you know, okay. Sometimes she hated it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I will tell you this, that the feel in beard, and this is, and if you look at the oil, um, it's that yellow, which I absolutely love this. Um, it felt amazing in beard. And I wasn't, I you know, I knew that... I had been talking to a couple beard companies and um, a lot of different reviewers who were saying, one of my reviewer friends said, most every company out there is using pretty much the same blends. And I thought this was unique. And then the other piece was that you were using something that I, that I personally, why I actually got into essential oils at any place was because I was like, um, I was burning incense in my house uh, during my meditations. And I read an article that said that that was uh, carcinogenic after a while because you're burning smoke and the smoke inhale, you're inhaling it just like a cigarette. Mm. So then I got into, I asked my wife for Christmas. I said, do you think you can buy me a diffuser? That's all I want for Christmas. Cause I really, um, I want my meditations to go really well. I like the smell of some of the items that I was getting but that, of course, took me into that rabbit hole of essential oils, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentials and carriers. Mm-hmm. So basically, anybody who knows um, carriers are, you ha- in order to have essential oils that you can put on your skin, you have to have carrier oils. 
And there are a certain amount of carrier oils, almond, olive oil, uh, hemp oil. There's so many different ones that are good carrier oils. But you have, but that's a way to be able to put the scent into and put it on your beard and skin to make it safe. I learned the hard way that you can't put things like oregano oil. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you've ever me- dealt with that, mm-hmm. but that is a very harsh um, oil that will actually burn your skin. Um, but if you put it with a carrier oil, it becomes um, less potent, and the carrier oil. Def- um, helps it to where it doesn't have that active agent on your skin that hurts it. Mm-hmm. So I found that in these oils, the I'll talk about the oil specifically. The oil specifically was really good in beard, and it was essential oils. Essential oils last four to six hours in my beard. But why do I buy them? Because I know it's good for you. The essential oils you had in every single one of those, um, lemongrass being one of them, or citrus. Um, I think that you also had jasmine, sage. Sage is awesome. Yeah. You know, sage is an interesting one because that one creeped up on me. I was like, you know, the first when I first smelt it, I was like, wow, that is really herby sage. But then you put it in the beard, it settles down nice. You can start picking up the hints of jasmine, which is enough floral. Mm-hmm. That helps. Uh, yeah, as in you don't want out. it to be too jasminey because then it's going to be too feminine. Part of part of what I was doing with King's Blessing, which is jasmine and sage, and and the story behind that one is King David. That basically King David spent many you know years wandering in the hills around Jerusalem when he was being chased by King Shaul, um, and just in as part of his journeys, and you know sage at that was was around at that time and then i don't i actually historically don't know but it is probable that jasmine was also around at that time it's it's all over the place now in israel um and and also very possibly at that time and so that's where you know just the image of king david walking in the hills around jerusalem you know um that was the inspiration behind the king's blessing blend you know because jasmine and sage are now all over the place um in the hills around jerusalem oh i love that that's a cool i I love that and so it was, I connected with the story, I connected with the oil, and the oil, again, is for anybody who is looking to purchase, um, these are two ounces. <laughs> these are, these will last you a while, and they are good in beard. Now, the other thing that I was ex- extremely happy about was the beard balm itself. Um, you can tell that I've definitely dug into this one. Um I absolutely love the fill and beard with the, I felt hydrated. I didn't feel like, I like those ones that give you just enough style, but you can feel your beard being hydrated. It doesn't, cause I hate when you feel like your beard is stiff, mm-hmm. too stiff, mm-hmm. but I like enough hold. And what I felt with your products was that it, the, I can tell that there's shea butter in it. There's things that are good for nutritionally for your beard, but it's also going to give you a little bit of style. Yeah. Um, those two things are the major components um, that will help you with your beard, you know, with your beard look. You're, you also want to look good with your beard, which is the style piece. But I'll tell you the hydration, especially I live in Arizona. Arizona is very dry. Um, so you need things like shea butter, cocoa butter in there to keep that hydration as well. You know, gotta, we got to drink a lot of water, keep hydrated, <laughs> of course. 
but this is also going to help keep that hydration going, especially living in Arizona. It is so dry here that you get nosebleeds during the winter mm. because it's just so dry here. So having mm -hmm. something, I would probably be, and even though I may get to a point to where my beard is going to be fairly long and I may not necessarily need um, for style because it will just fall naturally. I will mm -hmm. probably use beard mm -hmm. butters and beard balms for mm -hmm. forever just because the fact that it will, you don't have that dried out problem. Hydration so, so, is everything to your beard. For sure. For sure. Can I switch back to some of the backstory behind Aleph Mayo? Sure. Cause I just want to oh, share yes, a yes. few more, a few more data points that I think are really interesting. So one of them, you know, the, if you look on the cover of the Aleph Mayo, um, seal, I like to call it a seal. It says um, on the side, anoint your beard, you know, and part of the reason why I chose the word anointing is because actually in the temple in Jerusalem, you know, the, the high priests were anointed with oil um, before they began their services. And that the concept of being anointed with oil um, is a biblical concept. And in fact, um, not only were people anointed with oil, but also sacred ritual objects were anointed with oil. For instance, when Jacob had the dream of Jacob's ladder, where he saw angels going up and down on the ladder, when he woke up, he anointed the rock with oil, right? And so, and so there's this idea that an anointing is used to make something sacred. Um, and specifically, they anointed with olive oil. So actually, you know, when a person using beard oil, you know, in particular aleph male, which part of the intention is that it is like something sacred, they're actually anointing their beard, whether they realize it or not. And not only that, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. And, and not only that, um, this is something that I think like most people are clueless about because most people are actually pretty clueless about Judaism. Um, unfortunately, but the term Messiah, right? Because, you know, like, especially in America, which is a predominantly Christian culture, um, you know, that we, you know, there's the concept that, you know, Jesus is the Messiah. So I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I'm okay if other people believe that. I don't believe that. But in terms of the, the, the term Messiah, um, it comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach. And Mashiach means to be anointed. Mashiach means the anointed one. And so there's an, a tradition in the Jewish tradition that when the Messiah comes, why is he the Messiah? Because he's anointed. What is he going to be anointed with? Olive oil. Love right? It. It's going to go onto his head and into his beard. You know, and there's even um, psalms that talk about the olive oil that runs down the priest's head, the, the, the high priest of our own, that it runs down his head and into his beard. So literally this concept of, you know, anointing your beard goes all the way back to this concept of the Messiah. Right. That like that somehow when we're anointing our beard, we're actually engaging in a sacred ritual. That, and that's the connection that I got out of these oils. So back to that very big point, that's the connection that I was driving out of it. I saw in some of your videos that you were uh, going over, and I don't know what 
you were using, I think it was some like sage, I'm assuming mm-hmm. going over the oils with something to help kind of say a blessing to them. Oh, I was, on, to, yeah. to them. I was actually saying Baruch Hashem, which means blessed is God. Um, and I was using a really, really small whisk. And that's often what I'll do is, you know, because I make that I micro batch. I make Aleph mail by hand, you know, in batches, usually like 30 to, to 50 people. What's up, surveyor dude? Um, and, um, and basically because I'm making them by hand, I'm actually moving towards going into a factory. I'm not there yet. Um, but because at this point I'm still micro batching them by hand, I feel a deep relationship to what it is that I'm making. And, um, and so I want to put my energy into it. It's like what I'm making is a promise and what I'm making is a reflection of me. You know, I, I can't sell something that I don't believe in. I can't sell something where I don't sincerely feel like I'm genuinely hooking up another human being. It's like I want to add value to another person's life in a serious way, in a real way, you know. And so, like, you know, obviously there's a spectrum of what it means to add value, but men do need to take care of themselves. And just as we need to take care of the hair on our heads, we also need to take care of our beards, you know, especially men, we need to be taught self care um, more than I think women do, because it's just so easy for us to not take care of ourselves speaking from personal experience. And, and so part of, part of what I want to do with Aleph male and part of what I want to, um, amplify, you know, is the fact that like the beard is, is something that we need to take care of, you know, and, and just on that note, in terms of my own personal experience, I was talking about this earlier today with, um, Michael, with Michael from, um, beard, beard, beardy, beardy blogger, um, that we, um, the, like for me, the beard is a bridge between between the head and the body. Like in my experience, you know, cause a lot of men do talk about like a sense of freedom when they're finally allowed to grow their beard. If for whatever reason they weren't allowed to grow their beard. And in my experience, growing my beard is actually bridging my head and my body. And it's actually an act of embodiment and it's an act of embodying my masculinity. I have a tendency towards the intellect. I have a tendency towards the mind right to 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 think about things to um to engage in cognition if you get what i'm saying like thinking is actually a verb we can stop thinking you know which is part of what spiritual practice is about right but generally speaking the mind is going and going and going but at the same time another way to um not think is to be in your body you know whether it's dancing or exercise sports etc etc or focusing on your breath but nonetheless there's also things that we can do that just become part of who we are which can also bring us into our body and in my experience growing my beard was actually a process of embodiment in which i there was a bridge that was built from my head into my body through my beard Oh, I love that. And, and, and actually, it is profound that you say that because that actually is the connection between, you know, your mind and your heart and those mm-hmm. connection pieces, which, you know, we historically say our heart is here. It's our feeling and our mind is our intellect. 
and being able to that's that's very profound that you say that because that is really that is it can be a representation and there's actually a very big link between your mind and your heart um buddhists believe that your mind actually resides here um mm -hmm. and so being able to have that understanding that you have also this connection between your intellect and your emotional, which again is back to that feminine and masculine piece, but being able to bridge it, oh, that's an awesome, that, and that shows sacred items are done by intention and also they are anything that you draw that special sacred space out of it. I think olive oil is a sacred is very sacred in your products because when you are you're thinking about that anointing piece and how many stories go along with that um, mm -hmm. the menorah the also the olive oil used in the menorah but right but, and you think but, about what that what that promise was because we were talking about the second temple right mm -hmm. after it was destroyed they were looking for, they only had a small batch of oil and they were able to make it last seven days. Eight days. That was actually eight days, during, eight days. Sorry, eight that days. Was during, the, that was during the first temple period, but yes. Right. Yeah. But it's um, just very interesting that you bring that connection into it. And I think that those are things that, and I, that's how you no, connect I'm pretty sure every that was day. Temple. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. sorry. But every day is that way, right? bringing connection to yourself every day. We call it in, in Buddhism, we call it the meditation break, um, everything outside of meditation. So mm -hmm. being able to practice and be reminded of sacred every day and putting that and rejoicing in that in every day, this is a perfect example of that profound type of place to be able to see that sacredness every moment that you're reminded, you know, you wear a beard, so you're definitely in that space and being able to understand that there is that space. I love that. I love that. You know, um, Andy, Andy, do you have your, do you have your Sukkot oil in front of you by any I chance? I do. I do indeed. Okay. So you know what? Can I, can I, I've, I've been wanting to do this. I'm going to run really quick, less than 30 seconds. I'll be right back. I'm going to grab my Sukkot oil and mm -hmm. can we, can I talk you through like a Aleph male anointing visualization? You bet. Okay, I'll be right back. Cool. Be right back. I hope you guys are all enjoying this. I see Dan in here. I see Surveyor Dude. Um, I'm so happy to be able to do this. So, oh, he's less. That was ten seconds. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So another another piece also within, you know, Jewish beard spirituality, the beard is connected to the 13 attributes of mercy. Um, a lot of people have heard of the Jewish high holidays of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, the Day of Forgiveness. But during Yom Kippur, part of the chanting that happens on the holidays, we chant the 13 attributes of mercy, which are supposed to awaken heavenly compassion. And we talk about God being merciful and kind and patient. But there's also a tradition brought down from the Zohar, which is one of the core texts of the Kabbalah, which is Jewish spirituality, that the beard is actually the embodiment of the 13 attributes of mercy, which is part of what I'm trying to also promote with this concept of Aleph male, is that what it means to be a man is to be kind. What it means to be a man is to be patient. What it means to be a man is to be merciful. You know, these are things that generally 
we don't speak about um, when we're when we think of masculinity. Um, but so I'm going to take you on a little visualization that I've been thinking about. And so part of, you know, what Aleph male is about is, again, is it is sacred beard care from the land of Israel. And so, you know, so we're going to anoint our beards, but but do it consciously and do it as a spiritual practice. So so let's do it together. So so the first thing is to just squeeze, you know, um, squeeze a dropper full of Aleph male beard oil into your palms. And now the first thing to do while you're doing this, like immediately is just start taking some slow, deep breaths. So just like, let's take a deep breath in and let it out. And then rub the oils between your palms and then take another deep breath in and smell the aromatherapy oils, you know, smell the lemon and lemongrass and myrtle and mint and just take in another breath and just like be aware of the sensations of the scents going inside of you. And then as you bring the oil into your beard, close your eyes and just imagine that as you're bringing the oil along the hairs of your beard, you're drawing down light into your world. You know, you're drawing down light into your circle of being. You're drawing down kindness and blessing into your circle of being. And it's not just coming down your beard, but it's going all the way down, you know, the length of your body into your feet and then all the way up into your waist, into your heart, up through your neck, all the way up into your forehead, and then up and out your head, and that there's actually a channel, a conduit of light that's coming down through your beard as you're drawing the oil down your beard, going all the way down into your roots, and then coming all the way up through your branches. And then just taking another deep breath, and once again, like smell the, the fragrances of the natural essential aromatherapy oils and let it out. And that's really what, you know, anointing your beard is about. Yeah, uh, that, that's, that's amazing. Um, it's in a Buddhist terminology, it's mindfulness. Um, that's that's sacred, very sacred. I can see that, especially the fact that you're breathing in. It goes along with that, um, and and being able to smell that scent and connect with it. Uh, very powerful, very powerful. And it's also just to bring mindfulness into that. It is taking, and that that was my experience with this was that moment by moment we have the ability to go back to our breath and be in this moment in this space connected to in your case in our case that spiritual sacred element of being able to bring it through the channels and being able to connect with it throughout your entire body and that in bringing that energy and sacredness to it um, and being in that moment that you can always be in that moment. But in this case, you can do this every day. Um, and just doing your beard care, you know, we don't take a look at that, but every moment is an opportunity to be 
on a spiritual path to be spiritual and to be connecting with the divine. And in this case, that's exactly what we did in this case. I, I really appreciated that. That was beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's what Aleph male is all about. You know, the idea basically is that, you know, that the best a man can be is like God, you know, the alpha male is generally speaking the top dog, right? So, so we at Aleph male believe that the best a man can be is not like a dog, but the best a man can be is like God, right? That literally we can be channels for blessing. Absolutely. And that's, and we have the opportunity to do that every day and every moment. Um, and that's what this is really representing to me was that uh, connection. And, you know, we do have some folks that are saying that that was beautiful yeah. because it is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And I would. Thanks, Surveyor Dude. Also, Tyson, thank you for thank you for the positive energy. And what's up, Nicholas Z? Andy, how do I is there a way I can type back or, or is that um... yeah, if you go onto your YouTube, um, okay. you should be able to just make sure you turn off your sound. Okay. Yeah, so if you go onto the YouTube stream itself, um, it'll oh, be in there. Okay. You can connect with it there. I can connect with it, but okay, yeah, um, I'm in. I'm the I'm in. Cool, cool. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, that's the one thing I, I always try to bring in live streams. And I don't, you know, these to me, um, when I decided to start doing, what is Andy going to do um, with this YouTube? And I really enjoyed the YouTube. I enjoy the beard products. But I said, you know what I really want to connect with is the stories um, mm -hmm. behind companies, behind beard oil, behind the masculinity, behind camaraderie. Mm -hmm. That right there was one of – you can't, you can't put it into terms how amazingly connecting that was. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, and that's what I want for men. I want men to feel – I want men – to draw down blessing into their lives. That's what I want. I want men to be a source of blessing. I want, when they think beard, they think blessing. You know, when they think beard, they think sacred masculinity. I'm coming from the Jewish tradition, so it's Jewish sacred masculinity, but all men are made in the image of God. You know, all men, all women have that divine spark inside of them, inside of us. And especially now when there's so much negativity out there, there's like a dark wind of negativity blowing that's constantly trying to snuff out that light that's inside of us, you know. And it's like, and the thing is, is that the mind can ultimately, the mind ultimately cannot vouch for that light because the mind is limited you know and the mind is limited to its data set if you get what i'm saying and ultimately you tap into that light through faith and you tap into that light through ritual you know and that's part of what i'm trying to do is to bring the sacred back into the lives of men and masculinity through Aleph male and through the culture of Jewish sacred masculinity. And I love that. And I appreciate that. And I think that um, it's very important to connect with that. Um, and, and the interesting thing about that is, is that it's not, it, it's human connecting to a divine. You can be, to me, this was just as connecting. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, not that I wasn't raised Christian. I, I definitely have that value set in me, but I definitely practice Buddhist practice now. 
However, that what it means to me in a as a practitioner, it is because I'm connecting into sacred all the time um, at every moment I can. I constantly, I, I gave a teaching today on the Buddha and it was to kids. And what my craft, what my craft was, um, so we always do like a craft at the end to kind of go over this, you know, kind of something that maybe sum up a story or some sort of fun thing to do. But today I did a coloring craft where I said, how I want you to draw a picture for somebody so that you can be of benefit right now to somebody else. Um, that is what you're talking about when you make these oils is that you are benefiting others that's as well as yourself, you know, and yeah. that's the whole tenet behind the Mahayana tradition of Buddhism, but also Christianity, Jew Judaism, and um, yeah. I the mean, Muslim if, faith. If you wanted to use, if you wanted to use Buddhist terms, you could say, um, Aleph male for me is right livelihood. Absolutely. Um, one of the steps, one of the steps of the path to enlightenment. Yeah. And, and in Jewish terms, there's a prayer that we say very often, um, after the Sabbath goes out, um, after Shabbat goes out, we say, um, Lord, may you establish our handiwork for us, you know, and the idea is that we ask God to establish our handiwork, you know, that our handiwork is ultimately our livelihood, right? But it's something that we ask Hashem, you know, which means the name, which is like the infinite one. We ask Hashem to establish our handiwork from us, that it comes from Hashem. You know, that it's something that we're doing in relationship to the divine. Um, just another another little piece, and I, I think I'm going to have to bounce soon, although I could go that's on okay. and on. Yeah, um, that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, is, is, you know, in terms of livelihood, the, the curse of the snake in the book of Genesis is that the snake would eat the dust of the earth, right? But actually, you could look at that as a blessing. The snake always has security. The snake always knows what he's going to eat. The snake never has to worry about food, right? But why is it a curse? Because what is he eating? He's eating dust. And also, what doesn't he need? He doesn't need faith, right? That when you're living on, right? That when you're living on that level of just eating dust, when you're living on the lowest of the low levels, right? Okay. So you might be surviving, right? But you're not living. Right. right. And that's what I think you representing that in your products is exactly what you're trying to gain across, get, get across is that put spirituality back into your life. Yeah. And my experience is, is that if you don't, it's, it's imperative that you take care of your body. It's imperative that you take care of your mind but it's also imperative that you have a spiritual sense about yeah, that you have a spiritual, that you have a soul. You have to feed your soul. Absolutely. Most people are suffering from like soul, soul malnutrition. Absolutely. And I think that that's what your products are representing as well as yourself. Um, and that's what I think that from your creative space, this is why you are contributing to other individuals, spiritual health to is soul food. I'm main. That's what I'm right? going for. Is it okay if I do a quick rundown of the other blessing of the other blessings of the other products and just where 
Um, they can be found. So, so there's also Boker Tove, which I believe I sent you. You did. It's um, awesome. Which is lavender, cedar, and bergamot. Um, and Boker Tove. What's up, Zev? Um, Boker Tove is uh, Hebrew for good morning. And lavender is just like a general positive all around um, energizer, but at the same time relaxer. Um, and then I combine that with the bergamot, which is also a citrus, which is an orangey scent, which is also kind of like a lifting me up. But then lavender and bergamot by themselves are a little bit too feminine. So I put in the cedar, um, which is, you know, more of a masculine woodsy smell. And all three of those together, just like it was just such a positive thing that it was like, okay, Boker Tove, you know, like, good morning. Like, this is just like, you know, so that's where that was the story behind that blend. And then there's the Havdullah blend, which is the cinnamon and the cloves. Um, and basically after the Sabbath goes out, after the day of rest goes out, there's a ritual called Havdullah where you take a multi wicked candle and you um, during the Sabbath, you don't use fire. So you light a multi wicked candle and then you also smell um, herbs and spices and you also make a blessing on wine. And it's to mark the, the six days of creation, the beginning of the new week. Um, when I made that video yesterday, that was right after I made Havdalah. Um, oh, and nice. so and so the spices that are used very often are cinnamon and cloves. And so that's where the Havdalah blend comes from. And I just want you to to know, like, if it's like if I was really in it for the cha-ching, ching, ching, which is very important, we would have done this at the beginning of the video. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we would have hit all the products and all that stuff. But, like... I want to lead with my heart. And so now we're talking it about, about this basic stuff an hour in. Um, but so, so then there is King's blessing, which is Jasmine and Sage, which is inspired by King David's journeys. And then there's, um, there's two more that I don't, I'm not sure I sent you. One is like the cedar blend, which basically everybody is everybody, almost everybody in, has got a cedar blend. Um, which is basically just cedar. And then there's yesod, which means foundation, which is unscented. Um, and, you know, basically that's for those who don't want any sort of scent. And it has just like a mild fragrance of beeswax is the main um, scent there. But so th- that's the rundown. And obviously everything can be found at alephmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at alephmail and on Facebook at alephmail. And I would love to hear from you guys. And also on YouTube at alephmail. Um, and also we're going to be having a black Friday sale coming up. Um, so definitely be in touch and stay tuned because they're going to be dropping a coupon code for that very soon. Um, and I'm also going to be doing a limited run of beard butter very soon. Oh, very um, nice. Very which, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just a little bit more news in terms of the brand. Oh, that's awesome. So we're looking forward now. And that was in a particular scent or is that in a particular, is it all? I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it in all of the scents. Um, I actually haven't made up my mind yet, but, um, but nonetheless, I realized the time has come to do a butter. Nice. And that's really good for nighttime hydration for all those new beardsmen that are out there or. Yeah. And you know, on that note, I was also in terms of nighttime hydration, you know, um, Dan, Dan Command often talks about, you know, your night routine. 
And the more I think about it, the more it makes sense because I often think that my beard looks best in the evening. My beard routine is I put the oil in a few minutes after I take a shower when the beard started to dry off, but it's still a little bit damp. Mm -hmm. Then I put in the balm um, about five minutes or so after that. But in my experience, it's around six o'clock, seven o'clock at night when I look in the mirror and I'm like, my beard looks good. Right. But but that's at the end of the day. So I'm like, what's going on? And I realized that it's because it takes time for the hair to actually absorb all of the ingredients and kind of get its shape. And so it's like, okay, so then if I start that process at night, then when I wake up in the morning. I'm going to be further along in that process in terms of my grooming. Um, right. but, so that's also part of where the butter is coming in. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And that's, and that shows that complete line. So anybody who is not aware, I, so if I was to, I won't rake any of them because they were all amazing and they all smelt really good. I would in love unique to hear ways. feedback. If there's any, if there's any constructive criticism, I'm totally open to hearing it. Yeah. And I, and I, I didn't have a lot other than, you know, the only thing that I would say that is that you're, I got some of your labels wet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the only thing that was a little, okay. I was like, Oh, it ran a little bit, but okay. oh well. You know, okay. I wasn't, that was the only I know, thing. That's good to know. Yeah. I'm using. Yeah. Any feedback I would back. have, that was, that was the only feedback I had that was okay, like no, anywhere that's, that's where I was like, important. yeah, All that was the, the only thing. Are important. Yeah. yeah no, that was I it. But that. honestly, anybody out there, and I'm hoping that a whole lot of people see this after the fact, um, and definitely whoever's on now, tell other people about what amazing time we had together. But this, these products are good by themselves. So if you were to just take out some of the stuff that we talked about, I love the spirituality piece. Um, I connect with that. That's why I really got into these. But besides that, the, the data behind it is that these are very good beard products for your beard. Um, mm. They keep it hydrated. They keep the skin. Uh, I've, the skin felt good all day. And I've, I, I've continued to use these past my... Uh, time of mm. testing on my off days because I liked it so much. Um, I have it in beard today. Uh, I knew I was doing a live stream, but also it's Sunday and Sunday is my day to, especially when I'm going to go teach, I want to be connected spiritually to mm. what I'm putting in my beard as well. Um, mm. I do something with the shaman from Barbu as well, the same way, but today I wanted to connect with uh, your, so I don't know how, I don't Sukkot. know how to say it. Sukkot. 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 Yeah. So I connected with that. I love the smell of it. And it also was another connecting piece for me spiritually. So I was getting ready, prepared to go teach kids about meditation and was really into that space today. And I love the scent of it as well. I really like lemon, lemongrass. Mm. Um, my wife, not so much, but I don't care. You know, to me, mm -hmm. lemon, lemongrass is invigorating, uh, good for the morning, good to get going. Mm -hmm. And I it's felt, always good to know what your wife likes, though. It's very important. It, it is. So that's the the other piece. Is, so what I do is I try to find something that's this one. The good thing about these is they they it's not overpowering lemongrass. So I've had I, when I put it in the diffuser and I just put lemongrass. Um, my wife hates my hates oh, it. Oh, tells me to oh, turn it no, off. That's too much. Yeah. Yeah, it is I've too had, much. I've had I've had a lemongrass oil bottle explode, and it like. 
Yeah, it's too much. And it smells like, to my wife, she's like, hey, that smells like cleaner. bug repellent, right? Because yeah. it can be used as bug repellent. But That's um, why I actually I, added in the mint. I, yes. I added in the mint for that reason. Yes, and that is why my wife did not complain one bit hmm. about the smell of this. Because hmm. it was able to not just be overpowering. I love the lemongrass. I could get it in. I still have that scent. But I also mm. knew it wasn't overpowering and it had the mint that helped kind of contrast mm. it and add yeah. that complexity. And then you have that lower, some of those lower notes that mm -hmm. are in there. Um, yeah. That all the of myrtle. your products had that really good. If you talk about essential oils, you have that high note, a middle note, and a low note. Um, mm -hmm. You definitely, it was complex enough to add those in there. And then also mm. add the, the storylines, which is, you know, which is awesome, which is your talking about that, you know, the feminine and the male being, I, I assume the feminine is more of that floral higher notes. Right. More of the base is that um, male yeah. cedar. Yeah, um, I also tried to do that with the Boker Tove. Yeah, that, and exactly. That's the one that I, I enjoyed that as well. Um, I, I enjoyed them all. I don't have anything to say bad. Um, mm -hmm. The smells were all unique, and that was what I liked about all of them. It's one, it's something for everybody. If you like, um, I personally, I like connecting with any of your oils just because mm. they had that storyline behind it. Mm -hmm. So, but for people that, um, I, I think that buy this because you also have that experience. Um, mm. I think that what you've done is exactly what, and the intent that I saw the intention behind it was exactly what I got out of it, which was mm. I'm, you know, connecting. And so I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed having you on today. I know that we're Thank running you. we're running out of time, but um, please, everybody, this is honestly one of my favorite companies. I was excited to have this company on and his products because of the fact that it had that spiritual sp space and also their amazing oils. So well, thank um, you. Yeah, and thank you very much for coming on. I know that um, it was my pleasure. Yeah, my I pleasure. really appreciate it. And this is why I do these YouTube streams, which I was I, I tell story. I like to t hear stories, and and to be able to connect in this way was one of my. To me, this is one of my most favorite um, stream events because we really connected on this. So well, thank I you hope so everybody much. else um, involved. Yeah. Toda Rabah means thank you very much in Hebrew. Toda Rabah. And also, um, may Hashem bless you with physical and spiritual success on all levels, including your beers, and also to everybody who watches this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. See ya.